Hello, and welcome to Serene Reflections, a podcast of Dharma Talks from the Wallawa Buddhist Temple. I am Rev. Clarissa Beattie, a Zen monk and Buddhist priest from the mountains of Northeast Oregon, where we practice contemplative meditation, the Chan of Bodhidharma, the Zen of Dogen, the Serene Reflection Meditation of Rev. Master G.U. Kennett. You are invited to let yourself grow naturally still, to let go of the world for a while. Join us in listening in sound, in listening in stillness, turning within to listen from the heart that seeks the way. In verse, Mujini Bodhisattva asked, World-honored one, possessor of all grace, what reason is there for the Buddha's son, great Kanzeon, to thus be so addressed? The honored one made answer, too, in verse, Just listen to the life of Kanzeon. Thus begins the day in a Soto Zen monastery with the recitation of the scripture of Avalokiteshvara. Dawning with the opening lines of a poem on the epic heroism of the magnificent being who embodies the heart of great compassion and how. Hearing these words for the first time in the Kanzeon Shrine of the Ceremony Hall many years ago, I wondered immediately who Mujini and the World Honored One might be, and I too wanted to know the answer to what makes Kanzeon so great. From that moment, I was happily snared in the net of compassion, caught up in a wondrous story. What is a story? How do stories help me in my spiritual training? How do they hold me back? Oh, how the mind loves a good story. Who can resist the lure to know how things will turn out? Staying tuned just a little bit longer in order to know the rest of the story. A good story invokes a question and then leads me through to reveal the answer so that I may know. How the human mind longs to know. 
how the human self loves to be the one who knows. This strong urge is completely normal and, at the same time, can be an impediment to training. When I was a wee tyke, anything beginning once upon a time kept me enthralled right up till it finished with the end. And then I wanted another. As I grew, the stories got wilder, less predictable, and always there was that longing to find out how it would end, even if it meant reading with a flashlight under the covers into the night. What would happen to the hero? I couldn't wait to find out. Once I was grown, at last I was starring in my own tale. I was the hero, and the great adventure of life was my story, unfolding. And it was all about me. Stories are woven in and out of the course of human lives passing knowledge down through the ages, transmitting values, understanding, advice across generations. Anecdotes, parables, case studies, advertisements, personal narratives, daytime dramas, memoirs, mysteries and propaganda. News reports and symphonies, dreams, sports, the myths and legends of a culture, fiction and non-fiction, imaginary castles in the air. Stories are the tragic playing out of our collective beginningless greeds, hatreds, and delusions. Stories are the beneficial fruits of our shared Endless compassion, love, and wisdom. Some stories inspire. Some horrify. Some entertain. Some distract. There are stories to numb. And there are stories that lay bare the truth. So that like Macbeth in anguish of the violence he himself has wrought, we sleep in the affliction of these terrible dreams that shake us nightly, and we wake up. There are stories to dispel demons, others to clarify intention, stories to entrench identity, and then stories to free me to be who I really am. Stories to lay ghosts to rest. There are the stories we tell ourselves about ourselves and those we tell ourselves about others. Using stories 
I can undermine, sabotage, limit, and expect the worst of myself and others. Equally, when some key missing piece of the puzzle shows itself, and full understanding dawns, hearing the whole story can sweep away blame, resolve entanglements. However astute it may be, the human mind is not necessarily reliable where stories are concerned. Especially with memories, the stories from long ago that replay themselves out in the mind, trailing their wake through the halls of the heart, the churning of all sorts of emotions over and over in watercolor reds, greens, and blues, yellows, grays. Apparently, every time we remember something, the mind alters the details of the event ever so slightly with each retelling, so that the more often a memory is replayed in the mind, the more likely the story is to change in subtle ways over time. The mind can even suppress memories completely, burying them deeply until I'm ready to face them, or until they just can't be kept hidden any longer, and take on a stunning urgency and power to be reckoned with, engulfing all else in the course of a life. Stories are not necessarily lies, and they're not necessarily truthful. Unless they are lies. Unless they are truthful. Most stories are a mix of both, plus a lot more besides. There's an element of truth in what Hamlet says, though dissembling, that there is nothing either good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Each story is uniquely influenced by myriad factors, including the context in which it is told, who is telling it, and who is listening. Even total fiction can bear a grain of relevant truth with the clarity of lightning, and pure fact can be manipulated to realize completely selfish aims. The best of stories teach me that nothing is certain and everything is possible. The worst of stories feed my delusions, hurl me down a rabbit hole, lure me toward harmful thoughts, words, and deeds. Some stories can draw out the truth, fix broken spots, distill, set the mind free. Some stories can trap, restrict, or bind, or even twist and break. One gauge as to what kind of story I'm involved with is how it leaves me feeling when it's over. Reverend Hubert who was a great reader as well as the translator of many scriptures, once advised me 
to take care what I read. Because reading something is like inviting its author right into the room with me, like dwelling with them in their mind. It is possible to be open to new ways of seeing while at the same time asking, is this way of seeing things something I wish to perpetuate? Just because I've begun to read a book doesn't mean I must finish it. Likewise, any film, poem, or even a conversation. I may put my hands in gasho, then calmly switch off the radio or television. If the still small voice nudges me from within that something is indulging a breaking of the precepts, pulling me from my sitting place, or if something just feels funny, I can stop right now and move on to doing what's good to do. This isn't turning away, unless I make it so. This is a skillful choice not to expose myself to something I sense isn't wise to participate in. This practice of setting down an unhelpful story is a way of becoming aware of what I'm doing with my mind, what I'm taking into my heart. Becoming aware of how I've gotten swept away, realizing that I can do something about it, and then doing it. For all the talk of letting go of self in the koan stories of Chinese Chan masters and in Japanese Zen, it's wise to recognize that such stories are only what is called skillful means for working with the self itself. The koan, for me, for each of us, arises within real life, in this very moment I'm living, and as repeating themes that follow me wherever I may go. My koan is the spiritual truth for me that needs to be seen, that only I can fully see, though others may help me to see it, in order for me to come to peace. This is much, much more than an intellectual puzzle to be solved by the mind. There's a story about the 38th ancestor, great master Tozan Ryokai, Chinese founder of what became our Soto Zen tradition. He is the To in Soto. He was called Dongzhan Liangjie in Chinese, founder of Chan, with its emphasis on seated meditation and the recognition that the koan appears naturally in everyday life. 
One day, after a meal, Dongshan was washing his bowl alongside another monk. They were just doing the dishes. Maybe they were washing their bowls in a stream or a pond. When Dongshan saw a frog being torn apart by two birds, the other monk saw it too and exclaimed, Why must it always come to this? Dongshan replied, Only for your benefit, dear honored one. This story recounts an exchange that actually happened. In it, opening his heart, Dongshan demonstrates a way of looking clearly at what's happening in front of him. The other monk, responding from a place of suffering, asks, Why is the world as it is? Dongshan's response offers a way of letting go of the expectations, ideals, and loyalties of the self by meeting things simply as they are. For however understandably devastated I may be at the suffering of the world, my adding to the suffering by compounding it won't free me from my pain. So, what will? Dongshan perhaps recognizing the depth of his friend's anguish, addresses the other monk by his religious title, gently reminding the monk of his very own Buddha nature within, from which to look at the world. He's saying, you know this. Look with the eyes of a Buddha and you will see the heart of a Buddha. Dongshan is indicating what Reverend Master Jiu discovered in her own story, The Wild White Goose, the resolve to take everything that happens as being for my good, that I may learn from it, and therefore cease from doing harm myself, thus stopping the contagion of harm in the world. Spiritual growth, the opening of my heart, can be aided by stories if I am willing not to hold on to even the wisest of stories, but rather to look where they are pointing me to go, and to go there myself. To cultivate my own willingness 
to absorb, see, take in, witness the whole story of my own karmic inheritance and to do something about it. Take, for example, the opening lines of the scripture of great wisdom, a whole story in one sentence that tells us unequivocally that the vessel of self that is the skandhas is purity, that even the self is nothing but pure Buddha nature, that there is essentially no need to cling to any story of myself, good, bad, or indifferent, for Buddha nature is all of me, though I am not all of it. This isn't dispassionate, it's compassionate. The scripture begins, when one with deepest wisdom of the heart that is beyond discriminative thought. The Holy Lord, great Kanzeon Bosatsu, knew that the Skandas Five were as they are in their self-nature, void, unstained, and pure. Reverend Master Jiyu was not afraid of stories. She told a few herself for the benefit of beings, including the story of the wild white goose. She watched soap operas, news, movies, all kinds of stories for the community to relax together at Monk's Tea and to hold up a mirror for her disciples, perhaps to see themselves reflected. She was teaching how to see, how to be aware of our perceptions as stories play out before us, so that we also can become fully aware of what the self is doing as stories play out within us and between us. She was teaching wise discernment. It's not a contradiction that within the self Buddha nature shows and that within Buddha nature arises self. We are such stuff as dreams are made on. As much as we are Buddha, The ability to see stories for what they are is essential in spiritual growth and development. How helpful it is not to suppress them, not to indulge them, but to hold lightly the stories we hear and the stories we tell ourselves as we walk the path.
Thus, each evening at the close of day, at the monastery we sing our heart's wish. In the invocation of Achalanata, the resolute, immovable one, who binds only with the rope of the precepts, cutting through all delusion, protecting all who walk the way. Hail to the mandala. Let us so be engulfed within its praises evermore that, by our own wills and vigilance, may we our fetters cut away. May we within the temple of our own hearts dwell amidst the myriad mountains. Hail, hail, hail. Thank you for joining us in listening to Serene Reflections from the Heart That Seeks the Way. To learn more about this practice, including more about how to meditate, you are invited to visit our website at walawabuddhisttemple.org. Here, in the Kanzayan Shrine of our Meditation Hall, we offer the merit of our practice of serene reflection meditation to all beings including you, wherever you may be.